All right, I'm here with Sarah Houston. Uh, her new album is called In Time. Uh, it came out in December. Um, so right out the gate, that's sort of my first question is, it's uh, the album is sort of this feel of like an exercise in, um, in sort of memory and place and time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always wonder when somebody executes a project with uh, sort of a, like a, almost physical, not a physical, but like a theme, like a true theme um how, how did you how did you settle on that and, and, yeah. yeah like it it took a long time at first I really yeah it was a long process kind of getting to where to the theme the like the main theme of the album it's like I knew I wanted it to be a concept album of some sorts but when I first had the idea like to do the album I didn't quite have all the songs written obviously and so the more I wrote and the more the music kind of came out through the creative process I was able to kind of I had like kind of an aha moment at the end where I was like oh yeah this is what this album's going to be about it, but it took a while to get there it was a really long process for me it was like two years of trying to figure out okay like it could go this way or it could go that way or I had at one point I had like two different titles uh, like in my mind and then I ended up scrapping both of them and yeah but it was right it was really close to when I actually uh, started the the recording process like I didn't really know where it was going until like right before I started recording and I was like oh yeah I'm right about to go into the studio and now I know what I want to do with this album. So it, it just took a, a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, how did you, how do you compose them? Cause it's, they, it sounds, oh, yeah. um, it has a sense of spontaneity, but it, it is yeah. very, very controlled at the same time. How, yeah. I, yeah, that's an interesting question. Cause it, Compose, I usually begin at the piano. I compose most of my music at the piano and that's how what I did with this album too. And then actually about halfway through composing the music for this album, I was able to um, to start working with a digital audio interface, which has been amazing, or digital audio workspace. And that really helped me like it, it just like opened up a whole new world of things that I could do with my music, just using like the library and logic and being able to work with like strings and other instruments, which is something I'd never really done before. And so that, yeah, that was super awesome and helpful for the writing process for this album. And you could still write with, uh, with those instruments like on a piano. Yeah. Yeah. So I just use my totally different at the same time. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 That's so the beauty that- of, uh, digital audio workspaces i think is totally unlimited layers basically. unlimited layers yeah yeah love it i've always had a strong interest in that is like um just what you let's say you just wrote a song on the piano and you yeah. only have that melody you can't come up with anything else but then you put it into like a midi and you could just keep adding with just that melody exactly ended. yeah yeah so and that was yeah and i knew like from the beginning that i really wanted to have like i wanted it to be more than just a solo piano album and i did that like my first album was solo piano but this time i i thought like i need to do i want to do something different like i know that i can write for other instruments and i really want to try it with this album and so things just came together and i was able to 
to get my digital audio workspace going and yeah it it, it the timing was perfect great. yeah so yeah. yeah it's a beautiful record truly and it's it's Thank got a, an emotional arc um especially because of all the different instruments like when i listened to it for the first time i was like oh okay this isn't just a solo piano album like but you know it just builds emotionally and kind of has more yeah. depth because i i was like it could just be very moody and sad but it's, it's got moments of happiness and moments of true melancholy yeah it's all in there yeah uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so tell me you, you've also done a bit of uh or quite a bit of scoring work is mm -hmm. that the right word scoring so Film scoring how, yeah yeah how does how does one approach that i've only talked to one other person that's done film score work before um and working with having to work with images yeah most of the film scoring work i've done has been done collaboratively like i haven't actually yet worked on a project where i've done the whole thing on my own um right. composing but so it's but yeah scoring to film it's different for sure like it's different than just composing your own music and you're like just coming up with your own um compositions from your imagination to describe i feel like the process is so different for everybody i've only had my own experience i think it's sometimes like i worked on a couple films where it's just taken forever to finally feel like i've got the, the idea like i've i've put i've connected the music with the picture and then there's other films where it's so easy. It just comes. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, that's a really hard question. I find it, it just depends on the film that you're working on summer. Cause I do feel like it, what's so interesting about it is you're adherent to like a, a grid, but it's not formal. Like it's, it reminds me of like, um, you know, the scores that are like, they're not really like real scores. Yeah. Um, and different kinds of scores, but like, uh, like the, it's like a, almost performance already john cage sort of thing where yeah. it's just like play a stone in a summer park or whatever right right I feel like that's the same way you would approach scoring yeah and that you're you're adhering to the rhythm of the images rather than yeah a click track yeah for sure yeah a, a lot of it yeah mm -hmm. i kind of i'm i'm really um, into okay. like the ex experimental kind of style which goes well with some of the films I've composed music for. <laughs> yeah, what, what were the films that you've, you've composed for? Um, mostly, mostly one? short films. So I've done the, uh, the most recent one that uh, I worked on is called Rosebud Alberta. It's a, it's a short documentary. It was released uh, by Eric Pauls and Michael Jenke back, I think, uh, the fall of 2019-ish, just before the pandemic. So, and it premiered at the Edmonton International Film Festival. So, yeah. Cool. Um, so I was curious also about the field recordings on the new record. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and how you went about that. I'm, I'm big into that. Oh, really? I've been trying to, yeah, trying to, I've been trying to do get one field recording a day. Was what, what drew me to your album was, it was a, like when I saw it in the CFUB library. And I was like, oh, okay, that's in time because it's, I've been doing something similar. Oh, interesting. What style of, yeah. like, what style of music do you write? I make, uh, amp, like, just ambient electronic music oh, these days, at least. Cool. Yeah. That's Big awesome. That. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, like that actually wasn't my idea to do to use the found sounds. That was my um, so my recording engineer and my co-producer Paul. He came up with that idea when we first were talking about the album because I wanted to theme the album like I wanted the theme to surround kind of like my experience with parenting within those two my kids talking or playing or just like different things that we do in like just normal things that are happening in the day just kind of capturing those moments and so I did that and it actually worked out quite well I thought yeah yeah I think so yeah. too I find too the yeah the found sounds field recordings all like uh used tastefully really like just gives this extra little mm -hmm. weight especially to uh like studio music yeah yeah for sure which can often sound over polished yeah such. um and it's it's yeah it's that easy you just add a little bit of real exactly. life to it and suddenly it's injected with yeah well and you can do stuff like just add i think there's a couple so in the first piece in time you can hear my daughter i think she's just like clicking some markers or something but we just added like a ton of reverb to it and it just like creates this like massive amazing sound or just her whispering and then adding so much reverb and yeah so i like that i think that's fun <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it, it just adds cool. another layer for sure um so you also teach music that, yeah. that's correct yeah yeah um so i recently also started teaching music very oh recently. cool um so i'm just curious like uh yeah how, what do we what do you, you teach piano do you how, how do you do it are you working with a school no or? i teach privately just from my own studio yeah so yeah okay and what what age range are you teaching? like i teach all ages right now i'm teaching most of my kids are pretty young like i think my oldest is nine and youngest is maybe four or five so yeah okay so how do you how do you approach I'm teaching about the same yeah. age as well um how do you approach teaching kids um and <laughs> yeah how do you how do you how the hell do you teach kids know, how to play right? music it's not easy it's not easy no it requires a lot of patience which I have patience and I don't know there's something about I find working with kids they're so there's just they just have no filter or like they don't really care about i don't know i i feel less pressure when i'm teaching kids i think is what i'm trying to say i don't feel pressure to be somebody like that i'm not or i don't feel pressure to like perform or yeah i feel like their expectations are pretty low which i think helps me because i don't do well under a lot of pressure and I find sometimes teaching adults, there's, it's way harder because they, they have more expectation at times and I, that I don't do well with. Kids, depending on their style of learning too, it can be easier or more difficult. So, like every kid has such a different and unique learning style, especially in music. So, and trying to tailor it to their needs is sometimes can be really tricky, but it also, yeah, it has a lot to do with even them finding the right teacher for their learning style. 
So, yeah. I, yeah, it blows me away how sponge-like they are. So, the, yeah, they just ingest everything so quickly. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing, and they learn so fast, like yeah. so fast if they practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard thing to do is to just be like, "Well, do this at home," and that's all you get to say. Like, you can't push it any further. You really right? can't. No. Like we're like. No, there's nothing you can really do other than encourage them to just keep going. But yeah, yeah, there, there's something else I was going to add to that, but I just, I lost it. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's so strange that as we become adults, um, that we lose that like open-mindedness. And I'm sure that, I know that there's like science behind it also, I'm sure, but. Totally. Um, like. But even without even without the sort of science, the the fact that by by learning in that receptive stage and what you end up learning actually closes you off to new ideas. Um, it's very totally. difficult to stay yeah. receptive to new ideas. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's why it's so hard for adults to start learning when they're adults. I think like for someone as an adult to start piano lessons who's had no musical background whatsoever, I think is, it's, it's much harder for them to learn, learn it and learn it well and be able to remember it and get that muscle memory. Yeah. yeah. But. Like I imagine, I don't know if, if you know anything, but I couldn't imagine learning computer programming, like starting tomorrow, you know? Did that cut out? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it's doing no. this. No one else is on the internet. A little bit. Did you? Yeah. Could uh, be me. I think it's me that did this yesterday. I don't think it's me. Um, okay. Okay. I just closed more applications. Let's close more. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I couldn't imagine learning computer programming um, at this age, you know? Yeah, like, I don't know anything about it. If, like if I started tomorrow, I wouldn't even know where to start. And the same the same thing could be said about music. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It isn't impossible. It is adult to learn how to play the piano. They just won't learn it as quickly. Yeah, yeah. and it takes a lot more drive. I think. Um, I think totally. It's with yeah. commitment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I was, yeah, I was going to say for me as a teacher, I find, I was just talking to a friend about this the other day because we were talking, she's taking voice lessons as an adult. And um, we were just talking about how certain things that come really naturally to us are harder to teach. So I find for me, like I have a really good ear. I can hear things and pick them up and just play them or rhythm too comes like I love rhythm and I've always been strong in that area of music so I find when I have a, a student come to me who has a hard time hearing rhythm or being able to to pick up melodies or yeah like ear training and stuff I have a harder time understanding where they're coming from like I have to work harder to be able to connect with them and help them figure out how they're going to learn those things so I, that's a, that's been tricky for me with teaching is having kids who don't necessarily like every kid is gifted so differently and so 
one kid could be really great at rhythm another kid maybe not as good at rhythm but has a really good ear and like so you just have to kind of learn how to like work with those things even though they they might be a little bit harder to teach because they come naturally to you i don't know if that makes any sense <laughs> yeah that does make sense i i've yeah. i've uh I've struggled with the same thing, although I've never thought about it so directly um, in that I, my weakness is in sight reading and, and theory. Uh, and yes. it, that seems easier to yeah. teach for me than, than the, like I'm good at improvising and right. my practicing my scales and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's actually quite hard to teach. It's hard to get kids comfortable improvising. Totally. Um, yeah. And also I'm, yeah. I'm just like, you just do it. Well, that's because, right, there, for you, yeah, for you, there's no method. Like, I, I felt the same way. Like, I had to teach myself how to improvise as a kid, and I, like, knew I was good at it, and I had no method. I just did it. Like, I just, I, ha I don't even know how I taught myself how to do it. And so now when kids come to me and are like, I want to learn how to improvise, I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, practice your scales. That's the only piece of Yep, I've been. scales and yep, chords and triads, all those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So t tell me, what's, how, how did you get started with music? I, uh, I tried to do some digging and I couldn't find anything. So, did that cut uh, out again? Yeah, you did. God damn. Some days this thing works and some days it doesn't. Like there could be four people in my house all doing classes on Zoom uh, and it works uh -huh. fine. And then today nobody, nobody's home except me. And it's doing this. It doesn't make any sense. Oh. Um, uh, so yeah, tell me how you got started with uh, music. I tried to do some digging. I couldn't find much about oh, yeah. your sort of origin story. Yeah, I... I think I started piano, like playing piano when I was five, just doing lessons. And then, uh, like I was trained classically. So my, uh, my background is in classical music. And then as a teenager, I got really, I was a really like angsty teenager. I hated high school. I found music was like my only outlet. It, it was the only thing that really got me through high school. Like anyways, so, but then when I was in high school, I started really like exploring other music outside of like um, classical music. And I just loved rock. I loved rock and roll, rock and roll like an alternative rock through high school that like, I just loved it so much. And so, and then I would just always, I remember when my mom, every time my mom would go out somewhere, I would just sit at my piano. I would like turn on the stereo as loud as I could and just learn to play all my favorite rock songs basically on the piano. And that was sort of how I started learning how to improvise. That was like, those are my first steps. And then, at, well, and I played in church to growing up like I was always like the church organist in my parents church and stuff and I did that as a job for years and then after high school I decided I wanted to go to bible college and become like a a worship leader in a church 
And so that was my goal for a really long time. And so I took music out in Saskatchewan at Briarcrest College and I got a music degree there in worship music. So, and through that degree, like I learned a lot more about like playing in a band and working in like more of a band setting and songwriting and uh, a bit of jazz theory. So that was good for me. But then ultimately I realized after that, I don't really want to be, I don't really want to work in a church. That's not my jam. I love rock and roll. <laughs> so I just joined, well, I started. Uh, when we were like in our early 20s. And I found like post-rock music. I discovered post-rock music like probably at the end of high school. Seeger Rose. They like were my favorite band ever of all time. They still are. I love Seeger Rose. Yeah, all their yeah, like really old, like their, their first few albums. Oh, I still listen to them all the time. And so, yeah. So yeah, we started a post-rock band, which was heavily influenced by like all like explosions in the sky and Mogwai and all those sweet post-rock bands that yeah. we love. And so that lasted for a few years. And all the while, I was always sort of writing my own music, but never, it, it was funny when I was listening to that interview with Kat Torrin and she said, you guys were talking about the ego. And she was saying about how somebody told her the ego is just all the negative thoughts that come into your mind about yourself. And you can choose, like, you have to choose whether or not you're going to believe those things. So all through my 20s, I really struggled with my ego. Like, I was writing my own music, but I was never confident enough in myself to actually do anything with it. I just, I just sort of left it. I thought, I'm not, this isn't good enough. I'll never be good enough. I'll never be a composer. I'm just not, I don't have the education. I don't have the skill set, blah, blah, blah. So I would just always like hide behind other people. I always felt like I'll just like sort of be in the background. I'll be writing this music, but I'll just stay, stay kind of like on the edge. I don't really want to commit too much because I don't want to, I, I don't want to fail. That was kind of my mindset. So I just played in these bands. I, I just recently um, quit uh, a band called, they're called Young Neighbors. And they, we've been together for, uh, I, well, I started the band with my neighbor, Eric, next door. He's also the filmmaker that I work with. Okay, cool. <laughs> so he's my neighbor and we started this band, oh, like eight years ago. And so we've been like recording a few albums and playing a few shows here and there. And that was fun. But you know, like last year, I just realized, what am I doing? I've been writing all this music. I released an album like six years ago and did nothing with it because I was so scared. Uh, and I just need to commit to this. Like, this is what I want to be doing. I need to stop making excuses and just do it because I love it. So that's, that's what I did with this album. I was like, I got to commit to this album. It's just going to be, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is what I want to do. I'm going to pursue this. And yeah, so I've just kind of, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, from what you just said too, the record sounds like something you would want to hear. Did that come through? That didn't come through. Did it? Sorry, I lost you a little bit there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, no. <laughs> the new record sounds, from what you just told me, the new record sounds like you made something that you would want to listen to. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. And to get to that yes. place is very difficult. Um, it takes a lot of confidence. Yeah. Um, but I guess like once you do it, because you, I assume Sarah Houston is your real name. Uh, yeah, it is my real yeah. name. Yeah. Because like, you can only do that once. You can only put your real name associated with a project once for the first yeah. time. You know, and then, <laughs> and then you suddenly have a have a canon of music now that you have yes. to adhere, adhere or live to. But uh, with that, I think there's a sense of like, oh, well, this this wasn't I, like failing didn't mean anything if, if you feel yeah. like you felt or failed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's very cool. Post rock, eh? I that love post rock. It makes a lot of sense from the, the record. I wouldn't have thought that. I assumed like I was thinking like Max Richter. Um, oh yeah, him too. Yeah, I have a lot of different influences. Like, yeah, Max Richter would be a big one. Olafur Arnold is a huge influence. Yeah, his music is very beautiful. It's sometimes so beautiful. a bit over the top for my kind of taste of ambient. <laughs> yeah, music, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard of there's um, uh, a Polish composer Hania Rani who I've just okay, fallen yeah. in love with. She, uh, yeah, she's just kind of starting to. I think kind of make it big, but she's an amazing pianist. Amazing. So yeah, you should check her out if you're interested in. I certainly am. In that I, style of with, music. With Hanya, Hanya Rani, is that right? Yeah, Hanya okay. Rani, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so, but yeah, so yeah, everything from like, uh, and I love, I still love like um, alternative, indie rock anything really with a story like i love i don't know if you know david bazan i love david bazan no I like don't know. Pe pedro the lion maybe that's maybe okay, it's i do know pedro the lion yeah, yeah he so he yeah. would be the he he's the lead singer of pedro the lion yeah okay so yeah i think Anyways. i saw them play once pedro the lion oh really yeah yeah they're still around fasquatch <laughs> in my oh, yeah. youth yeah yeah, we saw David Bazan play in Edmonton at a, he, he, do, he used to do these, like, I don't know if he still does them, but he does, like, house shows where he'll just go around and play in different people's houses, and he'll just tour North America doing this. Anyways, so we went to see him in Edmonton, and it was just, like, the most personal, into, like, I've never been to a show where I felt like, oh, like, this actually feels like church, like, this is what it's supposed to be. Like, it was amazing, yeah. So, he's got a, such an... A, Anyway. Sorry, you cut out for just a sec there. Um, oh, sorry. I just said that he just has a really interesting story. But. Yeah. Do you think uh, church music, I was thinking about that for a sec there. Um, a lot of people I've talked to seem to, that seems to be where it all yeah. starts. They don't necessarily keep their religion, but uh, um, I think it, it really is such a great foundation for becoming comfortable with performance totally. and and the music of of that of the world of what do you call it? Worship yeah music yeah like i guess that's it yeah um, worship yeah uh it, everything is there like mm -hmm. the, there's a whole foundation of music in that in that you learn harmony yeah. melody chords rhythm yeah. arrange arrangements for vocals and various other instruments it's not the most percussive music i guess but Although it can, it can be, be. you look at like gospel music yep. and stuff, that's very, very yep. um, yeah. Yeah, that know, was, I don't really know where I was going. That was a big, like, that was a foundational thing for me as an artist. 
and I still like, I still play in church once in a while, but yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I've pulled back from that a little bit from that world, but I still, I still hold pretty, pretty tight to my own faith, but no. (laughs) Yeah, but church is, yeah, it, it is really for music. It it can be really foundational learning base for sure. I think too, it teaches um, these kind of magical melodies that you can hear in in your records um, that are these like sneaky, beautiful, that you don't, you don't yeah. really hear that as much in, in like rock and alternative. I think that, that it's more about spontaneous energy rather than, and there's still spontaneity that being said in, in sort of more beauty focused music, I guess. That's, yeah. You know, um, but this, these kind of more wandering melodies rather than like a, a blast of youthful energy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely don't. I mean, there is a lot of music out there, a lot of church music out there that I just like, what is this? This is, but yeah, there's, I really, I find I cling really tightly to like the older, I love like old, really old hymns and like, because they were such a part of my childhood, I think. And so I, I feel like I, connect with that there today i've always yeah i've always liked the the mass the mass numbers the big mass hymns like uh yeah, the choral works yeah yeah like yeah box box mass and b yeah. minor is one of my favorite pieces it's like yeah it's just yeah so it's such ludicrously complex music all yeah at once all at once too it's not yeah. like progressive mm-hmm. rock where it's like Oh, what do you do with the guitar? It's yeah, you know, it's very present. Um, it's very yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's every every part matters. Like every part yeah. contributes to the whole, which is so beautiful. I love that about that music. Yeah. 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 Cool. cool. Uh, I think I think that's all I got. Um, I I wanted to say also I really like your uh, Spotify playlist that you got there. The oh, thanks. Piano. Yeah, I sat and listened to that last night. Thank was, you. Yeah, great way to wind down. Yeah, I just uh, Spotify is kind of a whole new world for me. Like I, I've just sort of recently kind of been discovering what, what you can do with Spotify to kind of grow your, your music and your audience, and it's a crazy world out there of yeah. music streaming. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh simultaneously super convenient and super disheartening. For sure, uh, so yeah. many mixed feelings about it, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. There's too much data available now when you release something. You know, it's like I have X amount of monthly listens. This person has X amount of monthly listens, and like it's so hard not to play the comparison game, and also like you just get so glued to those numbers. Like it's so easy to just get sucked into it, which is not a good thing. I don't think it's not a good thing. No, no, no. Ultimately who cares? Um, Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. I guess you do want to like facilitate doing it for a living. So that's the point. (laughs) But the thing is like, you need to be doing crazy numbers on streaming services to make any money. Yeah. 
yeah it's like impossible like for me as an artist right now to make like i make pennies from spotify it's yeah but still you still look at those numbers <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny and it's nice to know that people are listening even if it's just a few though you know yeah yeah that is true and that's how people listen now yeah. so like it's just what it is yeah yeah and i always think about my own listening too is that i'm i'm more likely to click on something inside of a nice machine like spotify or youtube than i am to honestly click on a band camp link totally come across something yeah like it's just so convenient yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is, I, and I know I hear you, it is, it's sad in a way. Like, it's just changed so much. CDs are, like, <laughs> like, even consider, because I just released this album digitally. Like, I didn't press CDs or vinyls or anything. And for me to do that, like, I mean, it, it, right now, it's not, it's not really feasible like nobody buys cds anymore at least yeah. not people who are listening to my music so yeah and yeah. it's yeah it's a huge financial commitment it's like, huge yeah mm -hmm. yeah cds yeah. easier than vinyl for sure but yeah but you can also charge more for a vinyl. So. you can yes yeah. and vinyl there's something about vinyl that is just like it's almost like a piece of art like having a vinyl yeah. is like okay i got this vinyl like i enjoy collecting vinyls but not everybody does so yeah i always think too like the size of the the record shows its importance you know it's like yes. more value the music is more valuable because it's bigger yeah <laughs> you know, it's easy for you to wrap your head around that yeah whereas on spotify it's like the least valuable that's the thing that really breaks my heart about it is is uh it's i, I it's much harder to have like a, a magical moment with something when you find it inside this super busy um super cur like curated to advantage whatever's trendy yeah um the satisfaction of finding something amazing and listening to it just isn't the same um it doesn't force your hand as much either when you're like oh this looks interesting you can yeah. really be kind of attention deficit about it you mean with like streaming yeah with streaming yeah yeah, yeah for sure and i find too it's like does anyone even listen to a full album anymore? Like on Spotify, like people are just making playlists. And like when I listen to a playlist, I hear one song and then I save it. And I don't even bother to go find the artist half the time to listen to all their music. Like, I think we've just become so almost like lazy because. Yeah. But then it's like, I still want artists to make out. Like, I still want to make a full album as an artist. Like, that's important to me. And I want people to listen to the full album. But it, it's just not the same as it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I, like, why do, why do people even make albums in the streaming era, you know? Like, yeah. why, why are we so attracted to the body of work? I don't know. Yeah. I think for me, like, for this album, for me, it was important because I wanted, it was really, like, a concept album. And I did, I did consider like releasing each piece kind of like as a single because that's what people are doing. And it seems like if you do that, because then you can submit to Spotify playlists each time yeah. you, you submit your single. But then I was like, no, I can't do that with this album. 
song as a single, it's just going to lose like the whole, it, it, it won't be nearly as connected as if I release it all together. And I think that's a big, that's probably, I'm sure other artists feel that way as well about their own music. Like, but I do know some artists who do release every single song as a single, like, and that's just what they've chosen to do with their music now because it's way more effective on streaming sites. Yeah. It's just kind of what your preference is, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I think it is cooler though. It's like uh, to put out like an album because it's, I don't know. It's like a single just feels like, like a YouTube video and an album feels like sitting in a movie theater and wa yeah. watching a movie, no cell yeah. phones allowed, you know? Yeah. You can just enjoy it. Yeah. As a whole, yeah. like, um, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Cause yeah, the, with the music I really like too, the, with ambient music and stuff, mm -hmm. uh, I think the streaming has really screwed with it because it's such slow patient music and then it being all kind of put into this bracket of study music and sleep music and these big playlists is like like i don't think this is at all by design to be put inside these things like right sort of doing a disservice to somebody's uh f full artistic creative statement yeah for sure I think too, like things are just going to keep changing. Like 10 years down the road, it's going to look totally different than it looks even That's true. right now with who knows. So like when I was, <laughs> when I was in my twenties listening to music, everyone was like downloading stuff illegally from like Napster, Napster <laughs> or like yeah. all those. <laughs> so, and to think how much it's changed since then is just like, it's incredible. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm I'm nostalgic for having, like, a digital library that was things that I illegally downloaded, you know? <laughs> yeah. And organizing that, these, like, very poorly named files and being like, okay, iTunes, fix it all up. It's the closest thing I've ever oh, had yeah. a music collection. And I, don't, I, I can't do that anymore. It's just that I don't, don't want to have the time for that. No. And that it doesn't even sound that time consuming, right? It doesn't, but it was very time consuming. Yeah, when you think about it, I remember doing that too, organizing everything until, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> it was so important at the time. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it's just become music streaming has just become so convenient. But even selling an album on Bandcamp is like if you release an album digitally and you put it on Bandcamp, people are, I feel like people are way more they're not they're not willing to go and listen to it on their favorite streaming app like and to me i get it like i get why people don't buy albums on bandcamp because like it doesn't mean as much anymore to have an album in your music library like that, that like people no. are just like why would i put it in my music library when i can just go and listen to it anytime I want on demand yeah on demand why would I want to own it but yeah it's just yeah such I've, an always, interesting... I've always wondered that about Bandcamp like because I do buy I buy music on Bandcamp but that's just because cool it's a, it's a radio show I have a radio show I should buy it you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but like who, who like these little tiles I always wonder like who who is who is buying this stuff I guess some some artists only exist on Bandcamp and that's yeah that's I think some to, do. Yeah. Good way to do it, but yeah. 
Um, it's also a good way to limit your audience, I guess. But yeah, I guess for it's sure. kind of a catch twenty two. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like th there's enough people out there supporting enough people in a more financially viable, um, what's the word, like patronage kind of way. Yeah. Um, I think that we're steering in that direction. That gives me hope for mm -hmm. the fin financial stability of being creative. Being an artist. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But then there's still the the advent of you have to be on someone else's platform to promote it. Yeah. You can't. It's it's impossible to be completely like independent and not like label wise, but just independent, truly. Right. Um, right. Because you've been, like, yeah, you, even though someone else is promoting it, you're still doing all your own administrative work, probably, yeah. and so on and so forth. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I could go on and on about this. I like this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so relevant to where we're at right now. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, like, everything will change and we won't even notice it, you know? No. Yeah. We'll probably just keep, keep on changing with hopefully i always like to my think think of myself as somebody who is just willing to change with with the times hopefully that will just continue happening <laughs> we'll see yeah. i don't like to become too stubborn about where my music ends up but yeah yeah you want to be like a kid you know exactly yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah cool cool um yeah uh, it was a good conversation. Um, yeah. I love the album. I truly do. I think it's Thank you I think so it's much. Gorgeous. Thanks. Um, Th yeah. Th thanks for having me on your show. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It was great to meet My you. My pleasure. <laughs> you too. Yeah. I'm just going to stop.